0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation. Presented by Twisted Tea. All right, once again, Coach Carl Reed, right here, Lucky Lucky Podcast. He fit us into his schedule today, gave us 30 minutes. Oh, my God. Woo, man. I skipped a week. I'm sorry, LL Nation. I'm out here looking like Grizzly Adams. I promise you, boy, we never look like this ever again. I think my appointment is Thursday at noon. Yeah, it's tomorrow at noon. So I might have to push the show back because I cannot be looking like this. Like Lefty podcast. <laughs> I forgot. We did have a question. I get to the bad question. Um, hopefully he answered it. And uh, if not, I'll allow Malik when he taps in to get to it. So. We have some video, some things that we we're going to play, and I might play it again for left. And I mentioned that on the Recruiting Hour on Irish Breakdown, uh, we have a very special guest this week. Noon Eastern, Irish Breakdown Recruiting Hour with myself and my guy Ryan Roberts. Big time guest from the 24 class joins us on Friday. Don't miss it. Friday at noon over at Irish Breakdown. All right. Here is... The guest we had on last week that I got Malik excited about, and I told him, I was like, I got to get permission to play this clip. And here he is, Sean Civiliano Jr. Talking about not only his love for the NFL and playing football, but also what he wants to do when he gets to Notre Dame in January.
0: So you, you are enrolling early, though, right? You are a J- January enrollee what yes, is what what is your goals man as far as maybe that first couple months there the spring ball what what do you want to get across to the notre dame coaches and all the spectators as far as like what you can bring to the to the uh, to the team
2: mm-hmm. uh
3: so i've i've said this before on different interviews or articles that i've been a part of i'm the biggest go-getter out there and i'm going to make a statement just making it and being on campus isn't enough for me. Uh, my goal by the end of my time as a football player is to be the best to ever play the game. So I'm I'm here to come take somebody's spot. I'm, I'm here to come start as soon as I can.
1: That last part is what got Malik so excited. Like, <laughs> that's not the usual recruit speech from Notre Dame recruits. You know, usually we get, man, I just love the university i want to get used to you know going to class and just you know learning the game from the coaches and getting adjusted and sean civiliano jr he's like man look i'm coming to take somebody's spot i'm putting people on notice and i'm like yo that is an attitude that's a nastiness that we need from big bear that is his nickname That's his
2: nickname that's been given to him by Notre Dame fans, and I love it. Big Bear, you know.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Find a location near you
4: at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: What do you love to do, Sean? What is it that you love to do?
3: Honestly, I could say so many different places that it comes from, but I think the big thing is my love for this game is probably the biggest thing. There's nothing I want to do other than play football in my life. I've never thought about working a nine to five job. I've never thought about being a teacher, being a fireman or whatever, whatever it might be, there's nothing I've ever want to do but play football. And, and then also part of that is probably the mentality my parents instilled in me since I was a kid. It's like, if, uh, if somebody's in your way and trying to stop you from their goal, you better punch them in the face and get by them. That's all it is to it. And to me, it's become this game is killer be killed, so yes, they call well, me a killer, so- I guess.
2: Ooh, they call me a killer, I guess. Look,
1: I'll take a few more of these type of mentalities on the Notre Dame roster. I'm telling you, you know, and as Malik said when he broke down his film, if you missed Malik's film breakdown of this young man from his senior season, um, go watch it. It was on monday's show and malik what he loved the most is he's like yo we need the kid is 330 pounds now somebody talked about his cardiovascular shape i don't know what that means i how do you judge his cardiovascular shape like he hasn't played it down but i will say this if you go watch his film you see his quickness? Last thing I'm worried about, especially as much as he works out squatting like 650 pounds, like, you know, you don't get to squat 650 if you're not putting in the work. You know, he's constantly posting videos of like, you know, going to practice, leaving practice, going to personal trainers, working with personal trainers in season during the summer. We talked about that during the interview, his work ethic and where it comes from, why he is who he is, you know, coming from Canada after one year up there, making a decision and the sacrifice of his family to take him down to Florida where the best competition is and to get him across from other people. And immediately when he gets there, he's thrown into the fire and the young man says, yo, I'm the player I am today because I got my butt kicked. And there's not a lot of people in the world that are willing to go that route, understanding, yo, I'm more than likely I'm going to lose or I'm going to get my butt kicked early. But i tell you one thing. I'm going to continue to work my tail off. Nobody's going to stop me from becoming the player I want to be. And at the end of the day, hmm, that's what we get in Sean Silviano Jr. And it's very interesting because the initial reaction to his recruitment, because you have to, his recruitment, like Florida was on him, Florida State was on him, Ohio State was on him, right? And immediately, his recruitment picked up in the aftermath of the Justin Scott fiasco and everything that was going on, right? So he was kind of overlooked because of that by a lot of Notre Dame fans. And his junior film just wasn't as explosive as his senior film to keep it above. It just wasn't. And so a lot of fans were like, uh, we're settling, you know, when he get Justin Scott, uh, well, I mean, Ohio state and Larry Johnson wanted this young man as well. So he's 330 pounds. Like I said, puts in the work on and off the field at the school on his own dying to be the best he wants to be the young man told you dude i'm nfl that's another thing we don't hear from a lot of notre dame recruits you know they talk four for 40 how notre dame impacts their life their career this kid is like man i'm 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 coming to notre dame to go to the nfl that's all i want to do that's it doesn't mean he won't be a great student doesn't mean he won't be a great citizen of the notre dame family and the university of notre dame but this is a young man that is being out front open and honest i i'm i'm an nfl player that's my dream that's all i've ever dreamed about that's it and for notre dame to be able to close on a guy that has that mentality in my opinion is pretty huge And his relationship with davion dixon another young man another 315 pound defensive tackle from the state of florida that's already committed in the 25 class that's this guy that bodes that bodes well that bodes well that seems to be like a narrative changing sign to get a kid that's not coming to notre dame because of the academics he believes in the football program and that Al Washington can get him to
2: where he needs to be. And that's the NFL. That's pretty good. That's pretty
1: good. Cause it seems like those recruiting battles, we lost a lot, right? When it came down to the football side and who can develop me and get me to the NFL. Most of the time those, those guys they choose another school but this young man chose notre dame and chose coach al washington so in my opinion not only is that a win on the recruiting trail that's a win in the narrative of notre dame as well lucky
2: lefty podcast uh I want to
1: save the Jared Parker conversation, but I do want to say this.
2: As Coach Carl Reed pointed out, it's interesting how you can view play action. But
1: as Coach Carl Reed said, if you're speaking at play action from a wide receiver standpoint, facing a team that plays man to man, that's one thing. But if you're talking about it from a strictly chess piece, tight end, as he pointed out, situation, taking advantage of the middle of the field, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because he also said, transitioning Sam Hartman, you needed to understand he's not a quarterback that can make all of the throws to every part of the field. That's not his strength. Can he throw the deep ball? Yes. Do teams fear?
2: Man, this dude can throw it over my head. Not really. And
1: Jared Parker and Gino Gaduli, maybe they didn't truly understand the transition that needed to take place for Sam Hartman. Right? I want Sam Hartman to go out with a bang. Despite the disappointment I want him to ball out against his former team on senior day. I want him to go out to the West Coast, hang 50 on Stanford. And then I want the young man to play. I think he needs to play in the bowl game.
2: Possibly against an SEC team. And ball out. I want that for him, right? That's just, you know... Humanism, right? It's been disappointing. I'm sure it's been hard.
1: I'm sure he hears everything that's being said. He understands
2: that it's been failure, this relationship with him in Notre Dame. But in the same breath, I just want him to go out. I don't want him to go out like this. And, uh, I'm all on board, in fairness. If Steve Angeli would've gotten a start on Saturday, I would've understood. Would've been a thumbs up from me, and I was say, man, let's get this train rolling in 2024, right,
1: let's do it. Let's get him three starts under his belt, right, which, would actually be perfect right let's get him two stars on this belt bowl prep bowl game and let him go ahead and go into 24
2: equipped to see what he can do unfortunately that's probably not happening right but some way somehow I just want to see him go out better than this.
1: (laughs) As much as we've lamented everything that has taken place with Sam Hartman and Notre Dame this year. In my heart of hearts, man, I don't want him to go out like this. Not one of the most decorated college quarterbacks ever. I don't want to see him go out like this. So, man, I, I, you know, I want him to ball out the last two games.
2: Yeah, I understand. I understand it might not matter. I get it. Forgive me, guys. I had to blow my nose. I didn't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> but.
1: Yo, I just don't want him to go out like that, man. I don't. And that's just the human side of me. I can step out of my fandom and say, man, look, young man, it didn't work out. But you know what? The breakup can be amicable. That's all I'm saying. The breakup can be amicable. Ball out, get these two wins. It's not going to change the fact that I still think everything was a failure. It's not going to change
2: my disappointment. But hey, I don't want this to be where things are. I don't want this to be your legacy.
1: I just don't. I don't want this to be your legacy, man. You know, I guess at the end of the day, Notre Dame fans, you can just call me a big softie. (laughs) Just just call me a big softie, man. Lucky lefty podcast. CFP, poll question. I'm sorry. The LL poll question of the day. We didn't get to the results from the other day. What type of quarterback, what type of quarterback should Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame target? In the transfer portal, should they target a starter? Should they target a depth piece? And should they target something that depends on what they see from the quarterbacks on the roster doing the bowl prep? Should that affect the decision? Let us know what your thoughts are. What type of quarterback? You can go to the YouTube page right now, man. Subscribe. The thumb, the one that points up. Smash it for us. We greatly appreciate it. Your comments, we respond to all because we appreciate you. You're the best fans in all of college football, and we greatly appreciate how you tap in and have the chat lit each and every day. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. It. We spin it different. Let's get to some of your comments, Mike, in Oklahoma, SD. Sam don't care. He's a great indie guy. And knows what's in our cards. That means he would be okay with PBJ playing second halves moving forward. I
2: don't know if that's
1: the case. I don't know if that's the case. We talked about this on
2: Monday's show. Can we really call him an an NB guy? Can we really call Sam Hartman? I guess that's another question.
1: Can we really call him an Indy guy? Jason Smith, thank you for tapping in. If Hartman loves Indy like he says he does, he pulls the Rudy movie
2: <laughs> and goes in and lays his jersey on the desk. <laughs> oh, good one, Jason Smith. Good one.
1: Look, man, you guys know I have been on Sam Hartman's you-know-what for a couple of weeks. And I've just come to the place like, man, I really, I just don't really want him to go out like that. I don't. I don't want him to go out like that. But that would be funny, though, if that actually played out. I don't know how we would find out, but if that actually did play out, that would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. I'm going to go to this one question. Don't forget, the Super Chats are back up. If you want to put in a Super Chat, we greatly appreciate you. Yeah, Jeff Luke, you're right. You're right. For today, he's Sam Hartman. For today. Tomorrow, he goes back to being known as 10. He's 10 and 10 only after today. I had a good prayer this morning. My morning prayer went really well. My heart is softened. I'm going to use his name today. But tomorrow, he's
2: going back to 10. Oh, man, Jay Henry. A lot
1: of people agree with you, Jay Henry. Let Kenny develop. Get that depth piece in case it doesn't work out. Right about now, 50%, 56% of the votes agree with you, Jay. 56% of the votes agree with you. 22% say go get a starter. And then 23% say it depends on the quarterbacks on the roster and how they progress during ball prep. I see Jay Henry has another question. Do you think Quinn Ewer's possible return to Texas could cause Arch and Malik to hit the portal? As already, um, Arch has been connected to Brian Kelly and LSU. Uh, Arch has also been connected to Miami and Arch and Florida State. Watch Arch and Florida State. Well, just watch Florida State definitely at the quarterback position. With Jordan Travis leaving, Uh, they have youngsters on the roster. One, I forget the kid that was interested in Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame kind of cooled on him, and he eventually signed with Florida State. Um, They have him in the mix, but if if Norvell wants to keep the train going after the success of this season, I fully expect him to go after the top of one of the top quarterbacks. In the transport portal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Malik Murphy had the perfect reason to leave. But I think Malik Murphy understands that either Quinn goes to the NFL. And if Quinn doesn't go to the NFL, he's better off still letting Steve Sarkeesian develop him as a quarterback. And then Quinn Ears is always injured. Always so malik will probably get to play next year you know i think arch is the one to watch i really do i think arch manning is the one to watch david solomon thanks for tapping in as we wait we're gonna play this by ear guys so i'm waiting for malik to hit me back uh he's in route to uh his home he's landed when we started the show he was actually landing back in california and so either I'm going to end the show and then we're going to start back up probably in about 30 minutes. Or he's going to tap in shortly if the track is OK out in L.A. David Solomon, thank you so much. Hartman has disappointed, but they're not going to pull him these last couple of games. The coaching staff still believes he's their best chance to win the last two games. Marcel, not speaking of N.D., but if Chop Kelly, I, I know you mean Chip Kelly, is fired. Do you think the reports are that that decision has been made, which is crazy? Do you think Dante? No, I I don't think Dante ends up in Notre Dame. But, I, you know, that's an interesting question. I'll have Malik reach out to him because they still talk and see where his head is. But I don't think... That shit to sell, right? Um, Because I don't think the NIL situation at Notre Dame
2: is going to change. Are you ready to elevate your college football
0: game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the
1: drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. I don't. I don't think that's going to change. Josh, Buffalo, the motivational business banker, you said something yesterday on Irish Breakdown in the chat. That was absolutely spot on. I just want to give you credit for that. But realistically, we should be able to roll any of our quarterbacks against uh, Wake Forest and Stanford and still win by no less than two touchdowns. Josh, I couldn't disagree with you. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. You're spot on again. You're spot on with that. You're spot on with that. I totally agree. Uh, Jason Smith it's happening in what do you think is the biggest issue with the offensive struggles OC quarterback or is a couple of things together or is it a, a, a Marcus Freeman issue um this is their question on the scantron where you say man do they have a all of the above or none <laughs> I i I'm telling you guys it is dysfunction it is the dysfunction of the OC search uh, the dysfunction of not supporting the head coach, the dysfunction of Tommy Reese leaving, the dysfunction of hiring Jared Parker, asking him to run Tommy Reese's offense for continuity, the dysfunction of not having the guy for the vision of Sam Hartman in this offense no longer there, the dysfunction of Sam Hartman not being made comfortable. Ah, uh, the dysfunction of Sam Hartman not understanding that heavy is the head that wears the crown of the quarterback position at Notre Dame, and it's totally different than Wake Forest. It's dysfunction, man. Throw in lack of development at wide receiver, injury to your veterans at wide receiver that was supposed to be your main two starters, playing the freshman wide receivers out of position. Lack of creativity, play
2: calling, offensive line, inconsistency I mean you you name it, man, honestly, you name it what can go wrong has go has gone wrong
1: offensively this year for Notre Dame when they make an incredible play call the players can't execute it It, um it is yo it has just been one of those seasons and it started off really promising right but we knew the true test would be Ohio State Duke USC Clemson That's
2: how we felt at the start of the season. And then Louisville ended up being a test as well. So,
1: you know, like I said, when I did the show, I believe it was last week, and I said, Notre Dame fans, you know, let's rest our hearts a bit, right? Because what gets us riled up? Is the frustration that we've been dealing with. And that frustration comes from a lot. It's like, it's not one thing, right? Recruiting frustration, uh, the lack of NIL frustration, the lack of, you know, being lenient via transfer and not always having to go get grad transfers or guys that are going into their third or fourth years things of that nature Um, then administration, you know, supporting the head coach, you know, assistant coach salaries and being able to get the best and balking on buyouts. And as coach Carl Reed said, like being honest, like Notre Dame is not a job that you want to give to a first time head coach.
2: You don't. Notre Dame did. But in doing that, you don't
1: hire the offensive coordinator before you hire the head coach basically saying, like, nah, you're going to have to take him. Like, you what elite program does that? Either you have the confidence in the kahunas or the balls to hire a first-time head coach, or you don't. Or you don't. That's just it. But if you're going to hire the man, have the kahunas to step out and be different and be willing to take the bullets. Or let me remove bullets. Be willing to take the scrutiny that comes with the job as athletic director of the University of Notre Dame. But from the time Marcus Freeman has been hired, man, it's just been so many questionable things guys it really has it's just been so many questionable things that have sown seeds of discord or seeds of dysfunction that i think over the last two years have kind of like played out and yielded a harvest for us to watch and for us to feel as the fan base and i'm not here to debate This is right. That's right. What I am here to tell you is that we're the ones, along with those young men inside the program, that suffer from it. We suffer on the side of fandom and viewing, and they suffer as far as support and culture. We're trying to build culture, but it's hard to build culture when you have things that are perceived as obstacles or resistance coming from the inside. Like you expect resistance from the outside, but things resisting the growth of the culture on the inside.
2: I don't think anybody wants that. I don't think anybody wants that, right?
1: So you ask me like, yo, what happened against Clemson? Dysfunction. Dysfunction. And I've talked about this, man. We did a five-hour show. If you guys missed it, Brian Driscoll and myself, we did a five-hour show yesterday. And we previewed Wake Forest, and we talked about some of the things that Marcus Freeman said. So, you know, someone asked about the offense in the chat a little bit earlier. Marcus Freeman, I can only take him at his word. He said, the offense that we're running is not the offense I see us running in the future at Notre Dame. So in my mind, when he says that, he's talking about, yo, once I get my guys, you know, I know I need to recruit playmakers, talent at the quarterback position, at the wide receiver position. Like we already have offensive line and running backs pretty solidified. Man, Notre Dame is a tight end factor.
2: Like he knows what he needs to go out and get But you still have to develop them, coach, right? You can go out and get them, but you still have to develop them
1: unless you're blessed to have one of them ones, right? Right guys, unless unless you get a Michael Floyd to come in next year, a Michael Floyd type, you know and and the fan base is hoping and praying that Cam Williams can be that. Micah Gilbert as he comes with Bryce Young from the same school, that they both can be those type of impactful freshmen on both sides of the ball, right? But even in that, they still have to continue to be developed. And we had somebody on the show the other day that, man, that with all the hype that Cam Williams is getting, it seems very similar to the same hype that Tobias had. And I said, yo, I, I was around for Tobias and his recruitment, and I don't remember any hype anywhere close to Cam Williams hype after you saw his senior tape versus his junior tape. I think the hype of Cam Williams is totally different. Totally different. However, the hype coming out of spring camp based upon what people inside the program were saying, which is like crazy, right? Because all of the buzz came from inside the program. This is what he's doing in practice. This is what he's doing in drills. He's dominating all of our DBs, just straight running by them
2: and making plays, right? Then you get to the regular season. And it's like, He can't get snaps. Like, dude, why did you sell us on what he was doing
1: in practice and then get us to the regular season and the real games and he can't even get on the field? It's one of the most confusing things I've ever seen covering Notre Dame football. It's confusing right it was almost like they campaigned for the young man they literally dude no one was making this up this inside information was coming from the staff and people inside the program and then you get to the season it's like well he doesn't know the playbook wait a minute he's killing the DBs in practice he's making plays but he doesn't know the playbook when the regular season comes up. Like somebody said in the chat, the math is not math. How,
2: how does that work? But help me out, LL Nation. Is that not confusing? Am I the only one sitting here that's confused? I'm confused. How is he dominate in practice, but he doesn't know the playbook? Whatever play you called in practice for
1: him to dominate, call that play. Call that play three to five times a game.
2: That's it. And then take him off the field. If he knows one play or two plays or whatever it is, call those plays and then take him off the field. He should get five snaps a half and then take him off the field. That's it. I didn't understand. I still don't understand.
1: I don't know if I'll ever understand the logic behind that. And I'll say it again. They failed to instill confidence. Look, there's one thing I will say about Rico and Jaden Greathouse. They have had their struggles, but because of their struggles, they are developing. And because of their struggles, they are gaining confidence. They are learning what they can't do, what they need to get better at, and what they can do. They're not learning that in practice. They're learning that every week against top power five competition. That's invaluable, man. That's invaluable. How do you not get Tobias weather the same type of experience last year? It boggles my mind. How do you campaign for this young man? The way you did in the off season as a staff, as a program, and then waste the opportunity for him to develop and go through the struggles that he's going through now as a sophomore. He should not be going through freshman struggles as a sophomore. But maybe it's a case that the staff learned their lesson from Tobias and they, they and they said, we're not going to commit the same atrocity with Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores.
2: Or it might be that injuries just forced their hand. That might be the case as well. But see, that's what, because I'm not, look, I understand. I understand y'all updo, dude y'all
1: upset frustrated with tobias that's fine But well, we're gonna have a real conversation because i'm i'm dude, i'm confused no nope, look they, people go at brian driscoll brian driscoll was one of the leaders of
2: like yo this is what i'm hearing but see that's the thing he wasn't calling asking for information People inside the program were like, yo,
1: Ryan, this dude is, he's killing all of our DBs,
2: running, making plays, 50 50 balls, everything. You put out a campaign for this young man. You put out a campaign for him. You got the fan base excited. And then you don't even play him? I don't care if he do. He doesn't even have to be the first progression. Put him on the field. Let him get used to blocking. Let him get used to running routes. You don't have to throw him the ball. Heck, I understand.
1: Drew Pine was the quarterback. It wasn't like you were about to be throwing the ball all over the field. Unless you were playing a defense like North Carolina, right? Well, Drew Pine is the quarterback, you're not about to be throwing the ball all over the field. I get it. That could impact, yo, we really can't get the ball to this young man because he's our guy that takes the top off the field. Really
2: don't have a quarterback that can get it to him. I got it. You can still give him snaps. Give him snaps. There's nothing more invaluable than playing, man. Nothing, and I've said this, you cannot miss out
1: on allowing him to go through the struggles. Like Sean Zaviliano said in the interview with us on Friday, Sean, how did
2: you become this player now? I got my butt kicked. That's what he flat out said. I got my butt kicked.
1: And that's what freshmen, unless they're one of those ones, you have to allow freshmen to get their butt kicked.
2: You have to allow young players to get their butt kicked. Three to five snaps a game. Go out there, compete. If you get your butt kicked, learn from it. Get better. That's it. That's it. That's it. And it's not on us as fans.
1: That's why we need to relax. That's why I tell fans, man, y'all rest y'all hearts, man, because y'all go too hard for one side, right? Like he's a bust. Then the other side. You got to give him time. And everybody wants to go hard. Guess what? None of us control his fate. He controls his faith. He can still become a dominant player in college football.
2: Your opinion doesn't control that. It's an opinion. That's all it is. It's an opinion. That's why the the master, Notre Dame is the masters of having practice players that
1: get buzzed at the wide receiver position and they don't produce until their senior year, (laughs) right? Javon McKinley, right? Ben Skaronic, who's a transfer, Miles Boykin. It's like, dude, that's, for whatever reason, injuries, disappointment, like, dude, that has been consistent at Notre Dame. That's why I said my guy Deion Colsey is right on target, right on target
2: for a breakout season next year. Right on target. But we had a question. Somebody asked me
1: yesterday, you know, on IB, what are my thoughts on Chancey? <clears throat> I said he's a great recruiter. I know he's a really good dude. I've had personal conversations with him, right? And my best conversations with staff have been with uh, Coach Mickens and Coach Stucky. Two great dudes two great dudes great conversations just to sit down and shoot the breeze with great recruiter great guy heck the nfl came after him last year so the nfl was keeping tabs on him. they thought well enough of the job he did at baylor the year before and the job he did last year with those release packages he brought ll nation (laughs) right but that seems to be an
2: issue that seems to be an issue you guys give me one there seems to be an issue in the development department let's just have an honest conversation Let's have an honest conversation, man. Because I don't care who you are. Don't tell me a young man is
1: making plays. No one is making this up. No one in the Notre Dame media made this up. Don't tell me as a stat, that a young man is making plays and then trying to sell me that he doesn't know the playbook.
2: Don't play the Notre Dame fan base like they're stupid. Don't do that. Don't do that. This fan base is too loyal, too locked in, and too knowledgeable to try to sneak that past this fan base. Don't do that. Don't sell that. That's crap. That's crap. Do not sell this fan base on a young man. Tell the fan base he's
1: making plays against some of the best defensive backs in the country and then get to the real games and act like he doesn't know the playbook.
2: Then what the hell is he running when he's making plays in practice? Please explain it to me. Please explain it to me. Because I'm not
1: absolving Tobias Merriweather anything. I just need anybody in the chat to explain that to me. Because nobody went looking for the narrative concerning Tobias Merriweather. No, they ain't put it out. No, they ain't put it out. That's why I said it doesn't compare to Cam Williams. Cam Williams' buzz comes from what he's
2: put on film and the work he's put in. Exactly, Jason Smith. Is he just out there freelancing
1: in practice? Run. Oh man, run whatever route you want to run. Forget the play.
2: Just do what you want to do. Go make plays. (laughs) Like, explain it to me.
1: And I'm not trying, like I said, I'm not making excuses for the young man. What I'm telling you is. If you want to hear some truth, listen to me. What you're seeing on the field, going back to the question about the offense that I was asked, what you're seeing is dysfunction that comes from certain seeds that have been sown in the program. And now you're seeing
2: the harvest of it on Saturday mornings or afternoons or evenings. It's dysfunction, plain and simple. And what you're watching Tobias Merriweather go through, that's the same thing Rico is going through this year. Inconsistent routes
1: that lead to interceptions. Giving up interceptions because you're not battling for the ball in the 50-50. Freshman mistakes.
2: Tobias Merriweather is doing freshman stuff as a sophomore. The thing is, the narrative is different, let's be honest, because we can be on both sides
1: of this coin. I'm going to ask a question, and I'm going to give you guys about 15 to 20 seconds to light the chat up. If Tobias Merriweather had played this year, right now, was this game 10? 10 games into the season last year, if Tobias Merriweather had 12 receptions, and he averaged 20 yards of reception, what would have been your thoughts on Tobias Merriweather? I'm going to give you guys 15 to 20 seconds to let me know. If 10 games into his freshman year, Tobias Merriweather had 12 receptions, averaging 20 yards of reception,
2: how would you have felt about Tobias Merriweather? How would you feel? I'm going to give you guys, because you guys are lighting it up right now. I'm going to give you guys about
1: 10 more seconds. How would you feel if 10 games into his freshman year, he had 12 receptions and averaged 20
2: yards per reception? How would you feel? All right, P. Dub says we got one. Jay Grizz, he's a dude.
1: Jason Smith, he's going to be a star. Roosevelt Carney, we should have gave Parker the keys to the offense. That's for another conversation. Follow 27. I would have been cool. Josh, he would be a dog, and Hartman would be throwing a deep like he did at Wake. ND Notre Dame fan. We finally got one. ND9. He's going to be one of them ones. Paulo Twin. Man, progress. Boom. He's on fire. I see you, D Rock Irish NBA Jam. Ryan Loftus. I say that's decent for a freshman. Not everyone is MJ. Brian Hinton. Not bad for a freshman. Yeah, Yeah, I would think he's going to be a dude.
2: Jason Smith, we got a star in the making. And this is, dude, let's just ask honest questions.
1: He's going through what he should have gone through this, this year, what he should have gone through last year. That's just being real.
2: We're watching him go through with what he should have experienced last year. And our expectations were built up not because of the film nobody was like
1: touting his film we're like okay this kid is all right it was the buzz that people inside the program created the stories they were putting out they created the buzz people went into the ohio state game waiting to see this dude on the field
2: not because of the film because of notre dame Notre Dame started this, and with each game, the fan base is like, "Yo, what? Oh, where is he at? What? Where? Wait a minute, where is he at?" And then you elevate the kid to starter.
1: So Notre Dame fans, maybe he is an absolute
2: beast in practice. That just doesn't have the same heart on Saturdays. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Could be a possibility. But if you guys remember, we came on this show the Monday
1: after the blue and gold game and told you about a
2: conversation we had with someone that told us, yo, hit the brakes on Tobias. He still needs to develop. And we came on the podcast
1: and we were like, hey, guys, we're just letting you know. As far as Tobias Merriweather, pump the brakes, ease the expectations. Very credible source that played the the position. He would know.
2: He played the position. And he said, man, relax. He still has confidence. One
1: of the things he said, he's still trying to get that confidence. He's still trying to get that confidence. And we came and we were honest. We were like, yo, this is what, hey, this is what's being said. So now that we get here, what that
2: person told us is ringing loud. It's ringing like the Liberty Bell. It's truth. And that's it. That's it. Brian Hinton, what'd you say here? Oh, NC Notre Dame fan,
1: did he play in any big games in high school? I don't know anything about Washington high school football. I'm sure local people would say, yeah. He played in big games. I'm sure they would say yes. Brian Hatton, maybe he's not getting hit in practice, but he knows he is in the game. It really looks like he's scared to get hit. You know, none of us really know what's in somebody's heart, right? Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men, right?
2: (laughs) And we don't, we can only guess, man. We can only guess. We can only guess. But then that doesn't make you know what else doesn't make sense
1: in this equation? Last year, Marcus Freeman was asked about playing the young players. <clears throat> and uh Marcus Freeman said, I don't do gamers. You guys remember that? Remember that? He's like, We don't do gamers. If you want to get on the field, you have to do it in practice. Okay. Isn't that what you guys consistently said he was doing? You consistently said he was getting it done in practice. And we come to the games. And now is he doesn't know the playbook. I, it's just one. It's It's a conundrum. And because of that, the young man is going through the struggles that he should have gone through last year. And it's the same struggles that Jaden Greathouse, Enrico Flores, Eli Rick, not Eli and Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. The kid that caught the touchdown against uh, Pitt.
2: Oh, my God. I'm
1: going to take my vitamins this morning, guys. I'm sorry. But the freshman uh, tight end, they're all learning. Jeremiah Love, they're all learning. They're learning.
2: They're learning. They're making mistakes. No, not holding stage. Cooper Flanagan. Cooper Flanagan. They're learning. That's, no, that's the only way to get better in life. You learn, get your butt kicked, get up. Everybody can't be one of the ones. Most of us
1: have taken, <laughs> we've taken an L. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that man. Most of us have taken an L at some point, you know, Shoot. like i told malik the other day looking at lawrence key's stats this dude has seven touchdowns i don't even know if we have
2: seven touchdowns in total as a wide receiver core i'll i'll look it up just to confirm but i feel i feel pretty confident Tyree has three. Rico has one. Jaden Thomas has
1: one. Tobias has one. Jaden Greathouse has three. Okay. No, they do. Jordan Faison has one. They have 11. They have 11. I I stand corrected. I stand corrected. They have 11 as a wide receiver room. Lawrence Keyes has, he just had one last week.
2: He has eight right now. He has eight. I love the chat. I love
1: you guys. Maybe if John Wick would release the damn ball. John Wick.
2: oh man that's fantastic dude and and notre dame's notre
1: dame's uh stadium is the continental huh the south bend continental (laughs) that's fantastic man i love you guys i love you guys NC Notre Dame fan. But why does learning the wide receiver position at Notre Dame take so long? I am tired of seeing these other teams, with true freshman wide receivers, lighten it up, shaking my head something is just not clicking, right? This is funny because I remember Notre Dame fans would come on this chat. They probably did it because they knew the relationship that I have with Cardinal Tate. And they would crack jokes like, "Yeah, Carnell's on that bench, though." This is like when Rico and Jaden were playing. Like Rico and Jaden are playing, but Carnell's on that bench, which I thought was funny. And I'm like, "Look who's in front of Rico and (laughs) Jaden Greyhouse, and look who's in front
2: of Carnell." Yeah, but uh, yeah, watch Ohio State games now. Watch him now. Right? Jane House as of right now, you know, because I don't mind being honest. I don't mind being honest. If I had to lay down a bed, and I'm not a bed man,
1: who would get drafted higher and who would have better stats in
2: college? I'm putting my money on Cardinal Tate. And I don't control the fate of any of these young men. But I'm betting
1: on that wide receiver coach, that offensive coordinator,
2: and that system, and what they religiously develop. That's it. I'm not betting on Carnell. I'm betting on that Ohio State wide receiver system. That's what I'm betting on. Because they're putting out Ebuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. this year and they got five stars sitting on the bench waiting. Cajun Irish <laughs> and Ohio State
1: hasn't won a national championship, not playing trestle ball. Dude, I'm not sitting up here caping for Ohio State. I care less about Ohio State. We're talking about development at the wide receiver.
2: And what NC Notre Dame fans said, which is valid. It's frustrating. Why can't Notre Dame? get impactful freshman receivers consistently? Why can't they? Why? Right. And once again, of course, I wasn't there for obvious
1: reasons during the fall camp, but during the spring,
2: I came on the Lucky Lefty podcast and
1: Irish Breakdown and was like, "Yo, Rico,
2: Rico's gonna be all right. Rico's gonna play this year, along with Jaden Greathouse." I'm not shocked that Rico and Jaden Greathouse are playing. That's not a shock. They're good. And they're going to be even better. They're good. You know who else will be playing if he was here? Carnell Tate. And he would be your outside guy. But if I'm laying a bet on all three, I'm not betting on the young man any of them i'm betting on the system i'm betting on the system so left said he needs some time to get settled so i'm gonna give
1: let's see uh yeah he said he needs about 30 more So what we'll do is I'll finish up with you guys, go get some lunch. Um, I'll post. We're going to give you two shows today because we owe you. We apologize for the mix-up with the times yesterday. It was supposed to be 11 a.m. Left had a production call. Then we were supposed to do five. That's my mistake. I forgot he was on Eastern Time Zone. And by that time, he had to be headed to the stadium to do the game. So that's totally on me. I apologize to all of you that might have been waiting in the chat so we're going to give you two sh- well i'll do it two shows that's four but we're going to give you two shows today two shows today we owe you join late have we hammered rudolph his is he made decision to ride with coogan over shroud our entire o-line regressed under him except for rocco maybe aldrich's exceptional running covers up a lot uh scott
2: i have not I don't uh um no, I, I'm just not one of those people that
1: cover and and uh cover no covers Notre Dame that uh grabs the low-hanging fruit of the offensive line. I'm just not one of those people. And I said it uh on with Brian Driscoll yesterday um show me an offensive line that has had three different mindsets ideologies and ways of playing thrown at them that's going to play any better than notre dame's offensive line has played we got coach mcnulty i want you to play this way play differently than harry he stand
2: okay Harry, he standing. Oh, we're back to power. We're back to duo. That's what we're going to do. Straight ahead. Joe Rudolph comes in. Hey, guys, we're going to be real athletic.
1: Forget all that straight ahead power stuff. We're just going to pull, pin and pull, pull the backside. Three different ideologies, mindsets. And we continue to think that this offensive line and these young men are going to be developed and perfected. We have you we have no empathy at all to what they've had to go through. But we will protect Sam Hartman to death for having to change his systems. Oh, we got to protect 10. Oh my God, you don't understand. They messed 10 up. They messed them up. They ruined, they ruined Sam Hartman. They should have brought his system over to Notre Dame. They ruined it. But then we want to cast all the blame on the offensive line when these young men have had to change the way they are asked to play three consecutive years.
2: Three consecutive years. So maybe there's a reason why. You know, because there's a reason
1: why in the second year, notre dame's defense under al golden is a whole lot better than it was the first year give some of the same grace to joe rudolph man why is everybody like jumping off the ledge on joe rudolph why does he not deserve the same grace
2: that al golden should have gotten when you come in as a coach it takes a year or two for the foundation to be laid especially when you're changing
1: the entire dynamic of what the offensive of line has been asked to do,
2: and nobody really considers that man we just don't so no i i don't do
1: that i don't grab the low-hanging fruit i try to be empathetic you know to everything i've even tried to be empathetic to 10 I brought Ken Gibbs on. Ken Gibbs gave points to how Notre Dame messed up and could have been better
2: by Sam Hartman. Coach Carl Reed just gave points. I'm just telling you, man. You have to, uh, you just have to, you know, this has not been a, offensive line that's had three
1: years now If this was if this was harry heastan still the o-line coach and they played the way they played this year well
2: first of all if it was harry heastan i don't think that would be a problem scott I hear that, Sean, and agree. That should be factored into
1: the O-line ceiling. But our O-line played their worst games and two of our losses and their best game and one loss. We declined as the year went on. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Offensive line also played good enough to beat Clemson. You're not about to hang that off that Clemson
2: loss. We're not hanging that loss on the offensive line. Nope. Not doing it. That Clemson loss is on 10, a bad first half by the defense, and a muff punt. Period.
1: I don't care how bad the offensive line played. They played good enough to win. And that's why we totally disagree with Marcus Freeman when he said, you just can't you know, sum up the Clemson game, the two mistakes. Yeah, you can. Those two mistakes gave them 10 points.
2: You don't get them the 10 points, as bad as you play, you win that game. Yeah, you can. I
1: like the way you're trying to cover for your entire team. I like that. You're trying to cover for Sam Hartman. You're trying to cover for Chris Tyree. That's cool. The truth of the matter is two senior leaders on the squad made the biggest mistakes that gave away 10 points and that defense didn't come to play in the first half, specifically as a run defense. That's the game. I don't care how bad the offensive line played. That's the game. Does the offensive line play good enough for Sam Hartman not to pull the trigger for Tobias Merriweather when he ran by? defenders three times according to people that were there at the game played good enough for him to be able to throw the ball holding stays coming across on the mesh concept and throw it behind him on a second down when it would have been a 15-yard game they blocked well enough for Jordan Faison to be behind the Clemson defense on the second last drive and Sam Hartman threw a terrible ball like dude you give me all the plays All the bad plays that Blake Fisher played bad and all this, the offensive line played good enough for Notre Dame to win that game. And that's all you ask of everybody. We need you to play good enough for us to win that game. The quarterback didn't play good enough for you to win that game. He did not. That defense did not play well enough in the first half for you to win that game. See, if you're going to come at Blake Fisher, come at that first half by that defense. I want the
2: same venom for that defense in the first half. The same venom. Sam Hartman threw an interception
1: on a route to Jeremiah Trotter and then turned around in the second half as a veteran quarterback. Backed up in his own territory and made the same throw on the same route. And Khalil Barnes just dropped.
2: What are we talking about? What let's stop stop grabbing that low low hanging fruit, man.
1: That's why I said they get us riled up as a fan base, and we start playing this blame game
2: when it's all dysfunctional. The dysfunction is like team wide. Team wide, you got a veteran quarterback talking about he got spooked or the head coach
1: saying he got spooked dude we didn't bring we gave you nil
2: money to be spooked no 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 i'm gonna need a refund i'm gonna need a percentage of that i need some of that back you spooked for what so no scott i'm sorry man you can't say i hear that You can't. You can't wonder why guys aren't playing well or aren't developed
1: when they're playing in a system. Dude, this is their first year in this system. This is their first year. What do players usually play like in their first year in the system? You see inconsistency, you see mistakes. That's the byproduct. We saw JD Bertrand last year struggled under al golden's system in the first year struggling to scrape over the top struggling taking false steps struggling not getting to the quarterback on his blitzes struggling timing his blitzes jd bertrand struggled last year jd bertrand in year two much better player in al golden's defense crazy and consistent last year so i'm not shocked that billy shroud Rocco, the interior guys you know what i'm excited about i'm excited to see ashton craig play center this weekend super excited young man came in in the fourth quarter of a hot hotly contested
2: game in death valley against clemson competed and played his butt butt off heck You can say he might have played a better game than zeke carell in the short time that he played so i don't disagree with your
1: assessment of the offensive line i agree that their play has gotten worse as the
2: year goes on that's coaching so absolutely that's accountability That's a responsibility that lays at the feet of Joe Rudolph. But there should have been some expectation
1: from Notre Dame fans like, yo, we're going from Harry to this guy. He's not focused really on being, he's not really focused on physicality like Harry was. Harry was like, yo, we're going to be a physical group. We're going to run duo. We're going to run power. That's going to be our strength. We'll sprinkle in some other stuff. So Rudolph wants his guys to be athletic and less about power. And maybe they'll get some more power stuff in his second year.
2: But, um, you know, <clears throat> that's just, you know, we shouldn't be shocked,
1: you know. And when you really look at a big picture, you know, it gives you an opportunity to be a little bit more empathetic. To the players, because there's no excuse for Joe Rudolph because your players should get better. You know, that's what we're seeing in Alabama. Their offensive line was terrible at the beginning of the year, and they have progressively gotten better as the season is going on. That's the trajectory you want. Notre Dame kind of started off up here, and now they're playing down here, right? And then tomorrow against a lesser opponent, they'll play much better. So
2: it was a great question though andrew gilmore uh sean
1: are you surprised that chip kelly is likely getting fired by ucla i'm shocked ucla either has realistic unrealistic expectations or chip kelly angered the wrong boosters um i'm actually not shocked <clears throat> i talked to my big brother howard griffith about this yesterday and uh UCLA is coming into the Big Ten. You have to look at the... Man, I understand why all of these regents are having these meetings, right? Why last Thursday it's reported. Uh, I'm not sure if it's been confirmed, but it's been reported that the regents at Texas A&M met last Thursday prior to the game and made the decision to part ways with Jimbo Fisher in that meeting. um. Because Texas A&M knows, man, Texas and Oklahoma are coming into our division next year. Do we really want to go into that season? We know what the program is with Jimbo Fisher. Do we really want to go into that environment, battling Texas and Oklahoma with Jimbo Fisher, or do we want to go and get a guy? Do we want to go after Dabo swing. You have to think about that, right? And then you don't make that type of decision unless you've already had back channel conversations. Like whomever they're going after, they've been talking to their agent for like weeks. I mean, you guarantee whomever Texas A&M targets, and we'll find out shortly, they have been talking. To that head coach's agent for weeks setting it up they've been setting it up so with chip kelly and ucla coming into the big 10 am i surprised that ucla met and said yo we kind of know who we are as a program with chip kelly do we really want to go into the big 10 uh like this And they made the decision according to reports. No. And like I said, you don't make a decision like that during the season unless you have targeted a guy and you know exactly who you want. And negotiations have been going on through back channels. It's pretty evident to me that that's in both cases. Like, cause you don't make a decision during the season,
2: right? You just don't. So, no, I'm
1: not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. I'm not shocked at all. All right, guys, thank you for tapping in. I'm going to log out, rest my throat a little bit, give me some little agua, a little bit more orange juice. Uh, Left said he needs 30 to 45 minutes, so uh, I'll set the the, uh, show time, and then we'll be right back for a second show this afternoon, man. Can't wait to get Left's input on Jared Parker's comments and what Sean Civiliano had to say. And then Left is going to break down the junior film of One Deuce Night right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. We'll see you guys in a few, man. We appreciate you. We owe you, so we're giving you two today.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.